0: Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. It's time for wholesome conversation, but forget the wholesome and leave the kids at home. This is Bar Top Banners Live at Six. What is up, Bar Top Banner listeners? This is Josh Roach coming to you live from the Bar Top Banner studio and bar here in Cypress, Texas. Usually we'd be doing a little bit of Bar Top Banter right now, but Keith is not here because he is too good to make uh, the voyage over due to work and kids and all that nonsense stuff. So on the line right now, I got my good friend uh, Josh Black. Josh Black, how are you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing great, man.
0: How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for filling in for Keith and being a true friend. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime, man. Uh, Before we get started, this episode is presented to you by Slain Irish Whiskey. Yes, Slain, I have been talking it up. I have become a convert to Slain Irish Whiskey instead of Jameson or any of those other name brand stuff. Grab you a bottle of this delicious Irish Whiskey. It has tons of distinctive flavors and it's a three cast blend. It's been a gold medal winner in the Irish Spirit Awards. Go pick yourself up a bottle at your local liquor store put it on our Instagram, Facebook, anything like that. Show the support that way they can see that um we are giving them their shout-outs and they keep sending me these wonderful bottles of whiskey. Uh JB, we had talked the other day, man. Um you know, the big thing we talked about Austin opening up. Dude, this industry life, it is a it is a hurting hurting place right now.
1: I I can imagine uh just the adjustment and everything that had to get made for you guys. Um just for some background, like I'm in the medical industry, uh, so with COVID, if anything, we were busier, life like, didn't actually change that much. It just got a little bit more hectic for you guys, like having to change your entire way of life and how you're able to make a living. I know talking to you, you were not not being able to work for months at a time and just not even having that kind of like, interaction for a while and now just having to adhere to all kinds of new protocols. and kind of dip your toes back into the world a little bit. Um, have, how, how have y'all been dealing with it?
0: Man, I mean, we're super popular. It's We are busier than we've been in 2019, staying with 2018 with half the staff. It's just the industry's out there hurting. So I'm talking to all the Karens and all the Kyles out there. So if you're a Karen or a Kyle, which in the restaurant lingo means an asshole or a bitch, okay, mm-hmm. have a little respect. We are all short-staffed not only the venue that I work at, the the company I work for, every restaurant is short-staffed. If they say they're out of something, it's not because we didn't order the shit, okay? It's because the providers are hurting too. (laughs) It's because when everything opened up, no one told the farmer we were opening up and he doesn't have eggs or he doesn't have chicken. I had a guy, you know, we were talking, he was a really nice guy and he was talking about things not opening or being open and just the struggles he was having at restaurants. I had to tell him that, you know, our food purveyor, which I won't mention their name live. They only got 5% of their wings for the nation. This is a national food purveyor. They got 5% of their wings. And I was like, you know, and he's like, did that, did that happen last week? And I was like, it sure did. And he's like, I went to uh, Buffalo wild wings and they couldn't do their buy one, get one because they didn't have the wings. I'm like, they were being honest. It's no one is getting their shit. And again, the same thing about people. Why don't you just hire someone? Do you not think in my 13 years of experience, I was like, you know what? I should hire some more people who's going to work it. You, do you have your application? You think I'm working because I call dibs? I mean, it's just mind-boggling. So the Karens and Kyles out there, be a little respectful for a couple months. If you want to go back to being douchey after that, that's fine. I'm perfectly going to allow you to do that. You have that right. But give us a couple months to get back on the track before you go all crazy and drinking your monsters and carrying your Prada purse around talking down to us.
1: I I totally agree. and it's Also, tip. People just tip. Like if you have money, if you have money to go out, you got money to tip. Um, just think, like thinking back last year, like when stores were running out of toilet paper and everything, it's the exact same thing. It's just a supply chain issue. Yes. The the hospitality to the service people, like the people that you're trying to bitch at, they're not in charge of those decisions.
0: Just quit being an asshole. Quit being an asshole. Couldn't have said it better myself, JB. So now that my rant is over, um, we, <laughs> we are talking about sequels, um, sequels and movies. Um, I'm super excited that you're on this, this episode cause your movie knowledge is uh, outstanding and you'll bring a lot of great content to this. Um, the only parameter of this is that it has to be a sequel, not a prequel. And you, in the parameter, it didn't have to be a direct sequel right after it could be like, um, this isn't on mine, but you could have said Manhunter was the original And then Sansa Lambs was the sequel. Even though it wasn't a direct sequel, it was a sequel in the order of the movies of how they were made. Um, So that's really all the the parameters on this. Um, I have an honorable mention that I want to throw out there that I think uh, deserves a lot of respect in in this uh, whole movie sequel thing. And it's going to be Friday the 13th Part 2. And my method on this and why I think that is it made a horror icon. Friday the 13th may have been the better movie, with like how it was written, how it was filmed, with Miss Voorhees being the the twist because they kept talking about this Jason, this kid that had drowned. But when Jason comes in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Number Two, you created a whole cinematic adventure, might I say, of this slasher movie that you know at times became over the top, awful, and just horribly made, which a lot of movies in the eighties were. So I think it has a, a little beautiful, a beautiful home in the eighties. But without number two, there is no Jason Voorhees. There is no Friday the 13th. There is no Jason Goes to Hell in the crappy Jason Takes Manhattan that I still love. It's horribly bad in all the best ways. Arguably my favorite <laughs> bad movie ever made. I can watch it over and over again. But that movie gets forgotten a lot because he isn't super slashy in that movie. And Gory is in three, four, and so on and so on. But that movie gets forgotten about a lot.
1: All right. Man, I I agree. Uh, it's it was it, it was in itself trying to rip off Halloween a little bit, but in a very knowing kind of cheesy way. A little bit, um,
0: it, it stole it stole, <laughs> it. stole Halloween. It was it was trying to be a gorier kind of version of Halloween. That's they ripped it off from James I, Cameron. I was trying to I, John Carpenter, I, but uh, Yeah, sorry.
1: I was I was just trying to be a little bit generous to it because it's still in its own right iconic. Um, I, I've, I've seen your run sheet a little bit.
0: Um, I, you haven't seen my list, but, uh, Oh yeah. Yours is a hundred percent a surprise for me. I have no clue what it is.
1: So there are a little bit of agreements, but I have my own, um, honorable mention. Um, it is in no way as good as the original, but I watched it the other day and, I just don't think it gets enough love and that's a uh, diehard with a vengeance.
0: Oh yes. Yes. That is an outstanding and, and funnier than the other two in, in broad forms.
1: Well, yeah, and that's just like, if you put, that's the Samuel L. Jackson effect. I think, even though he wasn't <laughs> always meant to be funny, he's like a dad trying to find his kids. Um, <laughs> just an incredible movie. Just the, didn't even wasn't even written as a die hard movie. Uh it was written as a movie called Simon Says. Uh most of the same plot kind of intact, but they just retro kind of retroframed it into a die hard movie just cuz Bruce Willis was one of the biggest stars in the 90s. And my god, man. Um just a hilarious movie. Everything about it uh just enjoyable i watched it the other day not even for this but just because it's great and it totally holds up it's way better than the second one in the airport and just a completely different movie than the first one but i would have to include that as an honorable mention it's just a movie that didn't get enough
0: love i and i I think i think that's the best one that's the one that i would watch all the time if i could i think it's definitely the most rewatchable one
1: for sure and i i just love it and i think a conversation needs to be had about just the heat check that samuel l jackson was on in the 1990s um between this and jurassic park and pulp fiction and jackie brown fucking long kiss good night like he
0: had some he had some God, very this and this very impressive at the peak of his powers he had <laughs> he had some impressive cameos he was like he was a he was a christopher walken like they had these amazing cameos and we're very you remembered him for these for these things. Like yes, him in the him in Jurassic Park was great, but I loved him as Zeus. Why does he keep calling you hey Zeus? It's not Z- Hey Zeus, it's Zeus. Do I look Puerto Rican to you, <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's a great one. So what is so that would be my honorable mention. I, I think that's a hell of an honorable mention. So what's number five? Number five greatest sequel that is better than the original.
1: For me, um, for me, I know this is on your list, but I almost want to kick it off. just as a sequel conversation. My number five is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Okay. Um, arguably arguably the biggest divide between a sequel and an original on this list is uh, Terminator. The first one, iconic, but a little slow. And if you think about a Terminator moment, uh, outside of, like, I'll be back in the police station, uh, every, like, iconic Terminator moment I can think of comes out of the second one. Agreed. And for a movie out of the early nineties to have those special effects and that cultural impact oh my god, thirty years later. Um just an unassailable action movie, still one of the best action movies of all time. Definitely one of the best people of all time. Um what more can you say about it? I know it's on your list. So what, what draws you to T.T.?
0: Yeah, I mean, and it it is on my list. It's a little higher on my list, but it, it's one of those movies you say it, it, it changed special effects and how they were used, the, you know, the just the the way they filmed it, the different shots they filmed it in, and the characters, I think, in my opinion, even with all the special effects and it being early 90s, I think the character development was far better in that one. It really gave you a big thought about, you know, Sarah Connor, how she was, how she was changing, how her mind was thinking, and her already knowing the Judgment Day and all this, and it, it really developed. She yeah, she's <laughs> super Jack, <laughs> and it, I think it just it was a lot better development. It made me more interested. I prefer the second one over the first one, a hundred percent. Oh, for sure. It's it's not even close. So I think that's that's a really good one. Um, number five for me is going to be from nineteen eighty nine. It's going to be Christmas Vacation. Um, and I think it just comes a little ahead of the original Vacation. European Vacation was a crock of shit and it was just a money grab and it's horrible. There's titties in it and I think that's the only reason it sold any tickets. Um, but I can't stand that movie. A Christmas Vacation, it's just, it is so many great one-liners in there and it's so rewatchable. I mean, you hear the shitters full every Christmas and I you just can't help but laugh. It does it every time for me. You know, Chevy Chase's physical comedy of coming through the ceiling and he puts his wife's clothes and finds all the old Christmas presents and we're going to be singing zippity doo out of our assholes. I mean, it's it's one of those things that I that movie I can watch every Christmas and I still laugh and I can't say the same about Vacation. I can watch Vacation and enjoy it, but I don't get the same enjoyment that I do out of a Christmas Vacation.
1: I 100% agree. Um, look, looking at my list, uh, I didn't have any comedies on the list, but this, I feel like it's probably the best comedy sequel of all time, because comedy sequels are famously pretty uh, flawed. I don't think we're going to talk about Teddy uh, <laughs> Shack 2 today at all. It's <laughs> <But>, uh... <That's laughs> horrible.
0: It was such a horrible movie.
1: It's real bad. But um, Christmas Vacation, out of all these movies that we're going to talk about today, that's, that's the only one that I'm going to watch every single year. Yeah. And it it has really earned its place in what kind of the Christmas movie Mount Rushmore. Um for me along with uh, Christmas story Elf and probably Batman Returns, oddly enough. But
0: Dear God. Batman Returns, huh? It's a Christmas movie.
1: If Diehard is it is, but that's a separate conversation. But Christmas vacation I would have the Actually, scratch it. I love Tim Allen's
0: A Santa Claus. So, scratch yes. Batman with them. I mean, but I, regardless, I love Santa Claus too. I'm with you on that. But yeah, Christmas Vacation, the cool thing is how, how it stands the test of time is there's a dad out there like that. You know, where some of these oh, movies sure. like in 20, 30 years, it just isn't relevant. It isn't like that. There's always that dad out there, like Chevy Chase and Christmas Vacation. Where you're like, <laughs> yep, I know old Tommy's dad. That's him. That's the guy. So. Christmas vacation for me, number five, 89, Chevy Chase, and um, it, it's good shit, good shit. So, what you got on four?
1: Number four, um you and I actually saw this together back in the day, summer 2008, midnight showing. The world was pumped for this. It's a dark night. Pete pleasure going all out in his uh, final full role. Um, when it went in an Oscar in a comic book movie it was one of those rare like big event movies probably along with Terminator 2 honestly but that really like lived up and even maybe exceeded expectations and we stumbled out of the theater me and Clay Roberts at like two forty-five <laughs> in the morning just like oh my god that was incredible so had, had never really seen anything like it now that I've seen heat as many times as I have it really ripped heat off quite a bit but just an incredible comic book movie that really kind of elevated that genre to me.
0: Yeah. I, I contemplated putting this on the list. 100%. The only reason I didn't is because there's so many Batman slash Joker slash just different variations of it. It was so mm-hmm. hard for me to decipher what would be the sequel to this. Cause if we were talking about anything related to Batman, and and that's kind of how I thought about it in my head, I think Joker was just as good, if not better. It was a different type of Joker. It didn't involve Batman, per se, but it was kind of like in that realm of comic slash has to do with Batman. And that's really the only reason I didn't have it, because in honesty, I had it Mm -hmm. at number five, and I had Christmas Vacation as honorable mention. I think I just overthunk it. But Heath Ledger's acting performance in that movie is second to none. It was a career-defining Um, movie for him that he you know sadly he never got to see.
1: That, that is, that is like the real just bad part. Whenever you think about it, is like kind of what could have been, and then well, we kind of same thing with Chadwick Boseman recently, just taken from us way too soon for whatever reason. And but for whatever his performance was so good that when you're watching that for the first time, that's not even the thought that was on your mind. You were immediately just immersed in what was going on.
0: Yeah. He, he killed the Joker. I think, you know, for years, no one thought that after Jack Nicholson put his twist on the Joker, that there would be no one superior. And, uh, you know, Heath made sure that he was going to put his stamp on the Joker and just put it up 10 levels. Like it was an outstanding performance. For sure. Um, Yeah. The Joaquin Phoenix Joker kind of missed me a little bit too. Uh, see, and I, I've, I I've if lo- I'm being honest, I loved it. I thought it was super psychological with with Joaquin Phoenix and his Joker. And I'm always a big a big twist guy. If it makes sense, the whole time I was like, he is not hooking up with that hot chick. He definitely didn't go make out with her. and The makeup is in his head. And one one of the greatest endings I thought that could have happened in a movie is the butterfly effect. You know, in the with Ashton Kutcher from the 2002 three somewhere around there that he um. You know he goes back in time and saves everyone by not not introducing them right. I always right. thought a great ending of that movie would have been nothing worked that he really was crazy and this is what a crazy mind works like. Like this, if you're really sure. a schizophrenic or out there, like I think that's how your mind would think of things and that's how I thought the great ending would have been and that'd have been a a twist that made sense and made it more believable. But um, yeah, w- Joaquin Phoenix is one I was a fan of. It's one of one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time just because. I'm like that dude's fucking nuts, and those kind of nuts people really are out there, and they'll come blow me away in my podcast <laughs> slash bar studio. <laughs> but uh,
1: Roach, you could have given you could have given me one thousand kisses, and I never would have guessed that the butterfly effect would have come up on this
0: episode. <laughs> yeah, you man. When you think about the butterfly effect, that movie, it was always one of those <laughs> ones. I was like, man, he could have just been crazy, and it would have been so much better. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, for me, you know, the movie that. I have and it, it's really tough because the movie that it precedes is one of my all favorite, all time favorite movies is just a different genre. Um it's gonna be Aliens. So for anyone that's not an Alien fan that watches those, there's Alien, which is one from the seventies, Aliens eighty six, and then a ninety two is Alien Three. Um, aliens is definitely more of a action movie. Um, and it's it's hundred percent where Alien is a is a horror flick in space. But that movie yeah. is just 100% action, all go. Bill Paxton has the best one-liners of maybe anyone in a movie because you couldn't remember that much about him other than he had the best one-liners. Game over, man. Game over. What are we going to do now? <laughs> like, I love that one. And when they're they're finding that it's going to be a bug hunt, he raises his hand. He goes, how do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Stow that shit. <laughs> I love his his character in this movie. Um, Sigourney Weaver again, just like her, her fright is so real. She portrays it so well. Um, everything, everything in that movie, it has a, it has a great plot, but it is action. It's very long, but I think just as a whole movie, and maybe because it was made a little later, it just it keeps my attention a little more. I think Alien was filmed better. It was eerie. It was creepy. But of a movie that's just gonna keep me watching, and I can watch Aliens all the time as well. It just it keeps me coming back for more and there's always something new I notice in that movie.
1: Uh all good points. It it made my it made my kind of short list but not my final list, if that makes sense. Yeah. I was I was thinking about it. Um the only reason it wasn't on there is I'm the opposite where the first one is one of my like favorite movies of all time.
0: Oh yeah, I mean like, it's top
1: yeah. Six to ten, and then Aliens just doesn't quite get there for me, yeah. I mean, um, but it's still just an incredible, incredible action movie. They, to your point, like it's a different genre, where it's almost like a war movie versus the horror movie element of the first
0: one, yeah, very much so. And I mean, James Cameron does a hell of a job with making it, you know, an action yeah. movie. And you're right, Alien, what a lot of people don't know, I guess about 10 15 years ago, A&E or tmc or one of those the, the 30 horror nights of you know halloween and that was actually ranked the second scariest movie of all time um just by different polls directors actors like that was number two only outshined by jaws um just by what it, the effect it had on on the uh the lake industry and the beach industry but alien one's a great movie i, I it, it's good i can watch it but i can always watch aliens over and over again but i do respect yeah. your opinion you uh you're one person that's opinion means a lot in the movie industry. No, so you're probably, you're probably, you're, in the, you're probably in the wrong business. You should probably be a critic or something and make a ton more money. Cause you're so knowledgeable.
1: Well, I, I can guarantee you, I don't get paid enough now. So you might be on to something,
0: but, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, to your point about aliens, man, um, kind of mirroring my old thing about C2 earlier, most of the Sigourney Weaver kind of moments that you think of, as far as the, uh, like iconic alien moments probably come from the second one, like your pick, Aliens, because her riding around in the construction thing and her saving the girl and like telling the queen, Oh, if I like, get off of her, you bitch, yeah, that's all from the second one. Uh, so, all the best, like, kind of Ripley moments of her character come from Aliens. And it's the out of the two, it's definitely the best movie for her character. Oh, yeah, where she wakes up, she's surrounded by all these new people. She's coming to terms with the fact that she's 40 or whatever years later. And she has to deal with like being right the whole movie, but no one listening to her until it's too late. It's, it's an incredible movie. It's just like by a hair lower than alien on my list. Not one of my lists to just be like the ones I enjoyed more than the original.
0: Understood. 100%.
1: Definitely. James Cameron, probably the best action director of all time. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible movie.
0: Yes, it is. I agree. So we're going, we're going into uh, the top three th- realm. what you got?
1: Um, this is going to be my little zig to your zag. Probably it's a romantic movie. Um, from Austin's own Richard Linklater. It's a uh, before sunset. Um, have you seen this?
0: I have not seen it, but I have heard um, tons about it. And it, I, when I was, you know, researching what I felt my list was and where mine were, um, that was on numerous lists in the top, uh, the top 20, the uh, top 20 of everything.
1: Um, It's a, it's a romantic movie. It's not even a romantic comedy. It's just a romantic movie. And just for some background, um before, before Sunrise comes out in nineteen ninety five. It stars Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy, directed by Richard Linklater, coming off of date and
0: Confused. Did you um, Did you say so Ethan Hawke?
1: Ethan. It stars Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Yeah.
0: Isn't he in that other movie that's filmed over four years? Is Isn't he in that The uh, Boy's Life or something uh, boy, or something like that?
1: Yeah, boy, uh, Boyhood.
0: Okay, cool. Just making sure I was thinking uh, the exact person.
1: Um, that's a that's a separate combo. That that movie holds a special place in my heart too. Um, but so before sunrise is about this, uh, these two young people uh, riding a train in Europe. They meet and they spend a wonderful night together. And the movie the movie is all about just like kind of young love and meeting people and just like how exciting like a new relationship can be. Cut to nine years later, 2004, uh, before Sunset comes out. And it's the same two characters reuniting. And the three people that wrote the movie were Richard Linklater, Ethan the Hawk, and Julie Delpy. the two actors that played those characters. And they all wrote it together. Like, how would these people be if they reunited after nine years? Oh, wow. And it's a movie. it's a movie all about, like, hope. And coming to terms with loss, but also coming to terms with I can have another chance in this kind of relationship. And it's just it's in Paris, this one. The first one was in Vienna, I think. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, Richard Linklater, now that I'm kind of sitting here talking about it, maybe my favorite filmmaker. He's from Austin. Um, made basic reviews, everybody wants some boyhood, the before trilogy here, because then there's a before midnight too that came out nine years after this. Um so I would want to include him if I had a chance to, but it's just a beautiful movie. My favorite of the three. Um it's definitely the most hopeful of the three before midnight is like coming to terms with like adulthood and like what if you're tired of your spouse after nine years? But the before sunset's just an incredible, incredible watch, and it feels natural because of how it was made. Um, it was made like these characters were an extension of the actors, actually reuniting after nine years. Um, I'm
0: gonna have to watch an incredible
1: it. Incredible movie. I'd recommend it to anybody. Uh, I would watch them all in order. That's how you're gonna get the most out of them. But none of them are more than like an hour and fifty minutes long.
0: Okay. Well, I will. And they're
1: all just like very much like a day in the life movie. So just, just great movies.
0: Well, I'll have to definitely put that on my list. Uh, Before we go any further, again, this episode of Live at Six slash Bar Top Banter is presented by Slain Irish Whiskey. Yeah, it is delicious. It is from Ireland. It wins gold medals. It is a three-cask blend and delicious. So please get out to your local liquor stores and get a bottle. Put it on our Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of cool stuff, and show their support so they keep giving me bottles to drink. All right, JB. So that is definitely on my list. Um... I've never I've never heard of it before. I kind of started doing research on my own movies, so thanks for that. Again, knowledgeable movie man. So I'll have to definitely check it out. All
1: right.
0: I don't have a whole lot to say well, because I've never I've never seen it before, so I'm absolutely worthless it, in in this it, conversation.
1: <laughs> it might get a little dustier or uh, towards the end of the second one, and at times in the third one.
0: I feel I feel like Max Kellerman right now in anything that doesn't involve boxing when he talks. That's how I feel. <laughs> So, okay, that's, all, that's on my list. Um, the next one for me, I wasn't uh, – I, I put it on here. Just I'm not – it's not one of necessarily my favorite movies, but just from talking to people, and, you know, I mentioned I do these things to my friends at work and different people, and this was kind of a consensus, and it's also very high on the list on most, uh, most movie things, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy 2 from 2017. Um, I'm not a big – Marvel, DC—that's that, just not my thing. It never has been my thing. I watched the first one and it was okay. Like there was parts of it I liked. The second one, I laughed my ass off the whole time. I was—I oh, I enjoyed it so much more than the first one. Um, I thought the development with uh, Dave Bautista's character was hilarious with his one-liners and dry humor. Like that's—that's that's something I think we do when we get around as a group. Like it's just super dry humor and like, oh my god, you're so ugly. Like it's just brutally honest. <laughs> And then, and just, and just what he starts
1: when, when he starts retching and it's like oh, I just thought about yeah.
0: that one. And then he goes, "Can I pet your? Can I pet your pet fox or raccoon?" He's like, "Oh yes, please." And then he laughs so hard. I mean, that's good. And then freaking baby Groot just cracks my shit up when he the bomb. He's trying to explain the bomb. He goes, "I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot." No, that's exactly what you just did. That kills us all. <laughs> I just, I, I think, I think it's hilarious. I think, again, for someone that doesn't like those type of movies, it kept me laughing, and Kylie was very happy because it was finally a movie that she liked, and she could stare at Chris Pratt. I'm sure that that really kept her going throughout the whole film. But I, I think everything about that one's far superior than the first one, and I can, I can watch that one more. And it seems like most of the true fans that like those kind of movies feel the same way.
1: Yeah, no, and um, I knew. I, would, I didn't ask you about it before, but I saw it on your list, and I was like, he doesn't like me. But <laughs> I I agree on all points, man. It The first one was like a huge success, and I really enjoyed it. But I think what happened was the first one was so successful that they told the director, uh, James Dunn, just, okay, well, now you have a budget, and now you can kind of do whatever you want as long as it's into PG-13. Yeah. And that really, that really came through. And yeah, it... It's hilarious. Between, I think my favorite kind of sequel of those Marvel movies is probably uh, Thor, the last Thor movie Ragnarok. And it's between those two movies, though, for being kind of the funniest of all those. They're basically just like comedies set in... The, the comic, the comic
0: book genre. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's why I enjoy it. Like I don't like the, the Avengers. I think that's the one where they all come together and different things like that. That doesn't yeah. do it for me, but I can watch guardians of the galaxy and enjoy it. Like you said, Thor, I can watch Thor cause he's freaking hilarious. He just, I laugh my ass off every time I watch him and then Deadpool. Like that is not that is not a comic book character to I me. Mean, yes, he like can regenerate and stuff, but he's just a dirtbag that works in the service industry. That's going to have a, a he's fifth. absolutely a dirtbag. Yeah, he's just having a fifth of whiskey after his shift, and there was Karens and Kyles everywhere, and now he just you know he's like <laughs> I'm gonna scare the shit out of you, kill you, and you know I go from there. Like those those three, I can watch because they're just comedies to me. The other ones, it's just too hard for me to to grasp and to get into it.
1: Um, no, pretty fantastic, and then also just. Kurt Russell, go on full Kurt Russell. Um, my boy Rocky Balboa, uh Sylvester Stallone just like pops up in it. Like it's got a stacked yeah, cast. Yeah, and that, that's
0: another movie that gets a little dust at one point. You get a little onion cut eyes. Guardians 2? Uh, unless I, unless I'm getting them again, I'm not big on the Marvel movies. Is that when the the dude dies right in, in space? Oh uh, gets-
1: the the mohawk guy yeah he dies oh, in that the funeral yeah. yeah Uh, Yondu yeah he dies and they throw him the funeral and everyone's crying and so am
0: I yeah that's what um, you, you talk to me like I'm yeah. crazy because I might have cried in that movie that definitely happened and that's that's horrendous he just freezes in space how they can breathe in space I mean that's a, there's a loophole in there but anyway love
1: the movie don't don't, don't worry about it it's a calmer, it's a comic calmer-
0: so Guardians of the Galaxy it's delightful and amazing Part two, way better. What you got? What's what is the the famous third for the JB?
1: Uh, we're no, we're up to top twos now, my man.
0: I thought you were in number three because I just finished number three. But cool. What's your number two uh, then?
1: No, because you're a, you're a gentleman and you let me go first.
0: That's true. I am a gentleman. Um,
1: no, my number my number three was before sunset. My number two, and I knew this wasn't going to be on yours even even before you showed me, um, it might be on your wife, but uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, second installment
0: of that trilogy. I have seen those because it involves fighting and war. So I do enjoy those movies, but you are correct. I could not decipher. If you showed me three, two, or one, I wouldn't know what order they were in.
1: Um, this, this kind of fits into the whole thing where usually if you take a trilogy, the second one is the best one. Um, because the first one also has to well, establish the story, establish all the characters, and the third one has to tie everything up. Okay. Um, so a movie that we're uh, gonna talk about later falls into this category. Terminator falls into this category no matter how long that Terminator saga runs, the Dark Knight falls into this category. Um, but the Two Towers it just gets to focus on just being like badass. So um it has the long ass uh battle sequence uh battle of Helm thief in there it's about half the movie um probably it's got to be just like it's between that and then the opening of save private Ryan is like the best battle scene of all time the uh, boys I'm, in there
0: I'm glad you cleared that up because it needed to be said because I was about to say jB did you forget about this movie with Tom Hanks and d-day and stuff because that's pretty outstanding
1: yeah Tom Hanks Vin Diesel uh <laughs> Some other folks, but no it's it's kind of pick your poison between those two things I mean,
0: um I, I really enjoy Lord of the Rings I think that that film you know is is a is a a genre defining film that changed a lot of how film was made in special effects and things and that yeah. that was that was a very you didn't have to be in to that kind- those kind of books and stuff to really enjoy the movie because I definitely wasn't um but I watched that, and I'm I'm intrigued. I stay on every every scene, and that that makes Kylie happy because she can't get me to watch Harry Potter. That yeah. just that just won't work. But Lord of the Rings, I can watch all day.
1: Yeah, and then kind of background there, my uh, my uh, late dad and he would take me and my stepbrothers because those those three movies all came out around Christmas. So we would wake up, and then we would go watch uh, the Lord of the Rings. Three straight Christmases in a row at the Parks of Arlington Mall, um, AMC, 16 screens I think, um, and the another one that just kind of lived up to expectations. the The first Lord of the Rings was so good, and then this one came in and just kind of blew it out of the water, in my opinion.
0: I mean, they all—they all, they all were just filmed so well. And again, I—I I don't know them like you did. I've seen them. I didn't see them in order. Didn't go to the theater see them. I watched them, you know, at home. But all of them were, were just outstanding filmed movies. So I mean, I—I I don't even know. I couldn't even say a negative thing about any of them. One, two, three. So I think it's impressive that you could pick out why one was better than the other. Fair enough. So Lord of the Rings. I'm—I'm um, gonna, I'm gonna have to watch that uh, in the next day or two.
1: They're on HBO Max, man.
0: Well, Kylie, Roach, get a get a bag of popcorn and a cold Dr. Pepper because we got some Lord of the Rings to watch.
1: And set aside
0: twelve hours. Twelve hours. It's like watching Lonesome Dove for me—a whole day, <laughs> a whole day. Um, you know, my number two—you've already talked about it, so I'm not going to go too in depth. But I
1: actually, I actually had a sidebar that I thought of. We're going off the run sheet, though, because I felt bad kind of cutting your legs out from under you on your number two. <laughs>
0: That's okay. Um
1: but I had a I had a sidebar question for you concerning Terminator 2: Judgment Day.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: What is your favorite non-terminator non-kindergarten cop Arnold Schwarzenegger movie?
0: Oh, um Predator. Oh, just that quick. Yeah, I mean it's a predator for sure. That that that's mine. Is I mean,
1: because I took kindergarten cop off the board? <laughs> yeah,
0: I was going kindergarten cop, and then I was like, oh man, I can't go kindergarten cop. And then there's the, that movie, and I always twins with Danny DeVito. I, I th- that's the stupidest, funniest, awful movie ever. But I still I still get a uh-huh. laugh. Out, I get a laugh out of it. But yeah, Predator. I think that shit's awesome. I I, lo- I that again, one of those movies that was made in the eighties, and the special effects were you know you look at them now and like, eh, but back then it was super cool.
1: Uh agree that Predator rips ass, but I think I would put Total
0: Recall above it. I'm not the biggest fan of Total Recall. You're not. I'm not. It's. Uh, I mean, I get why people like it. I won't say that, like, there's some movies when people would talk about them just like, this is an awful movie and you've lost your marbles. Total Recall, I get it. That's kind of like me with the fifth element. A lot of people love that Bruce Willis movie. It just it really uh-huh. like there's funny parts in it like it's good, but people talk about it like it's is it every
1: Chris Tucker part.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Chris Tucker is hilarious, but um, it, it's just not as funny as people you know make it out to be in a great movie. Like people make it out to me, it. it's good. Like it's it's okay. I don't mind watching it, but I don't I don't think it's one of the best. Same thing with Total Recall. Like if I watch it, I'm like, eh, it's okay, but it just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Fair enough. But yeah, number two for me is Terminator 2, so we both have those on there, special effects. We won't go into depth or anything like that. Um, our number ones, you haven't said this movie, so I'm going to guess we have the same number one. Um, it's got to be Godfather 2, 1974. I assume this is going to be yours as well. Absolutely. This is the greatest sequel, if not the greatest movie ever made. You can get into semantics and bring up Saving Private Ryan, Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, um, Shawshank Redemption you can bring up whatever you want this is always in the mix it is an outstanding it's just great it really it, to me it really brought into what the mob was about and how they worked you know in the first one it's it's it gives you a little brief but this comes full circle and you understand what that this family is doing
1: man yeah in my opinion it's the best movie made um, so you're you're no, going you're, that,
0: you're going on the record saying Godfather Two is the greatest movie ever made. Is this correct? I'm on the record of saying that. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, good to know.
1: Cause the two the two kind of the two parallel arcs the the Bobby De Niro um, playing Vito Corleone part where he arrives at Ellis Island and raises his way up through the ranks and kind of forms an empire. Mirroring that with the Al Pacino, um, Michael Corleone part, and maybe the best acted over the course of the two, go- the first two Godfather movies, definitely the best acted role I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing him go from just like this wide-eyed guy home from the Marines to like this just villainous kingpin with almost no soul. Yeah. Um, over the course of four hours.
0: Um, I mean, he kills his brother, for God's sakes. He kills his own flesh and blood.
1: No, and- like, like the, fir- the first Godfather opens with him coming back to his sister's wedding, right? Yeah, yep. his sister, his sis-
0: Rocky's wife is getting married to the, the, the guy that beats her that gets murdered later. But it's his wedding, yeah. His um,
1: wedding. His, his sister's wedding and everyone's just giving him shit because he's like the little brother punching back. The second movie ends with him with his henchman carrying out an order to kill his brother on Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Like, that's where you get in two movies, and the second movie really shows you both where you are and how you got there. The the Robert De Niro kind of arc has been ripped off endlessly, and the Al Pacino arc has been ripped off endlessly. Like, there's a shot of him, like, showing up and all the immigrants, like looking at the Statue of Liberty on the boat, you think about movies like Once Upon a Time in America, 1900, it's going to sound like a joke, but An American Tale, the cartoon, those are all drawings from The Godfather Part too.
0: Oh, yeah. And then the gangster movie. That movie was just, there there was so much to steal from it. Like, that was, that was, that was, you know, you needed a scene. I'll just use a scene from The Godfather and make it my own.
1: Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And then the gangster movie part of it as well, like um, having watched this recently, both because I wanted to and then knowing I was coming on here, gave me an excuse. Like it's, it's been ripped off by every filmmaker that's made a gangster movie since probably. And I know like watching the, I read an article that, after the two Godfather movies came out, a lot of like the Italian American like mob members based more kind of of their actions and stuff off of off of like kind of movies like this than like what was actually going on in their own lives. Like it really kind of took on a life of its own. And you watch something like The Sopranos and they were they refer to the Godfather movies. It's just like, well, in one and in two, they don't even have to say the name because yeah, they're just so yeah. ubiquitous with what they're already talking
0: about. Another another great great show, The Sopranos. I love I love The Sopranos. Um, yeah, God- Godfather Two is just outstanding from end to end. When he when he grabs Fredo, I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. That's a great scene. My God. Whenever you know De Niro. Is trying to get that lady to stay. She has the pet dog, and the guy has no clue who he's talking to. <laughs> and then he realizes <laughs> the dog stay. She stayed for free. <laughs> and then you know there's just, there's just so many good parts in that. The the original one of the original three. He comes over to his nephew's trial, and he just shuts the fuck up and slits his wrist later. Yep. Like, and and someone you. This is kind of going off the path. Robert Duvall has been in arguably the two greatest, if you think about it, filmed movies slash because you think um one of the best movies ever made, you say Godfather Two. Okay, God- he <laughs> <laughs> dick face. Um but he he's in The Godfathers, which is arguably the best movies ever made. And then he's in Lonesome Dove, which is arguably the best, you know, American story ever made because you think of america you think the wild west and you know he's in both of those and he's looked the fucking same he's looked 55 since he was 25 but he just kills yeah, he, it. Was, he, he um, kills his part
1: no yeah he was in uh like he was in the that to kill mockingbird movie in black and white way back in the day was like his breakout role and like he's supposed to be like a young troubled guy next door and he rolls up looking like he's forty five with like a second mortgage on
0: his himself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean fucking him and Betty White have been around since Moby Dick was a minnow. Like they've been on T V since it started. <laughs> and I mean I, I I love both those, but yes, he 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 plays, you know, he's a I think he got a lot more, you know, more in on Godfather One. Like, you know, we go back to that. I love the scene where they're, they're getting in the car and he's he, you have to kill one of their members because the members was setting up the hit on Michael and um, like I think he plays that part really well and I just I think he gets a lot more love in Godfather 1 but yeah Godfather 2 outshines it from, from start to finish another one of those movies I made my wife watch and she was really against it first because it was so long and after she's like that shit was great I'm like yeah it's super good I mean I don't know how we both picked Godfather 1 as being or Godfather 2 being our favorite movie when we know Rocky 5 was out there that's that's a real travesty.
1: Uh real quick Charlie wood shout out. Um <laughs> he, lo- he loves it. Um and it, I don't think I have anything else to say about Godfather two, but if you wanted to just have a Godfather Two specific podcast or mafia movie specific podcast i would totally be
0: down i think i think a, um, a mafia would be a good one but we would have to leave godfather off completely just because i think you know one and two are, are probably one and two so i think we would need to leave those off to be fair and uh yeah. we could just throw godfather there's three, a, godfather three in the trash can
1: yeah no there's a there's a movie podcast i listen to and i'm the name is escaping me right now uh but whenever they do rankings um, they also have movies that they call Sacred Cows, so they just aren't allowed to rank on any list that they make.
0: So, Godfather 2 and so, Rocky, Rocky so like, 5 it, are not allowed. I got it.
1: So, basically, yeah. So, if they were going to write mafia movies, it'd be like, I don't know, we're not allowed to even mention Godfather 2. Let's open it up and make it more interesting.
0: Hey, I am down for um, that. I am down for that.
1: What is that fucking? It, this isn't good content, so I'm not even going to try to think of a podcast name while we're on the air.
0: But well, that's exactly what you you're. Tr- that's exactly what you're trying to do right now, and you're failing miserably.
1: I know. But you mentioned you mentioned Rocky and the Rocky franchise as a whole is something that you and I have shared a lot of time on over the uh, eight, 17 years of our friendship.
0: Yes, we have. We've been
1: friends since 04. Think about that for a second.
0: We're um, old as balls.
1: Yeah, man, I've been finding a lot more great. But uh we neither of us had a Rocky movie in our top five, which makes sense when we're starting out with like Terminator Two and Aliens, like of course. But what is your favorite Rocky? sequel?
0: my favorite Rocky sequel. I love it for all its horrible issues. It's Rocky IV. It's only a 25-minute movie and an hour and 10 minutes of montage. It is <laughs> it is the 80s, summed up in one movie with its awful, amazing, delightful sing-along soundtrack, 37 montages, and very little words spoken because Rocky's doing punching and sit-ups and Dolph Lundgren's getting steroid shots, but it's entertaining as shit. I'm not sure
1: Dolph Lundgren knew English before he shot Rocky
0: IV. <laughs> that, that's probably my favorite. I can watch that. Um, I don't even count Creed. Or Rocky Balboa in the Rockies. They are part of it, but when I think of Rocky, I think one through five, and five is trash. So there's only really so for
1: you, you don't count Creed.
0: I don't. If you're talking about everything, Creed is the best. It beats Rocky one by a slight hair, um, in my opinion. Creed two is is a great great movie. But when I think Rocky, I mm-hmm. think of Rocky Balboa being the main character. So that that's my that's okay. my answer, and I'm sticking to it. And now I'm gonna go listen to the soundtrack while I drink whiskey okay. after this. If
1: Creed, if- if the two Creed movies it, I think the first Creed movie would be my easy pick. But if it doesn't, Rocky 2, man, the more I think about it, it's incredible. Like, this is a character study of Rocky Balboa. Like, you lost the fight, but everyone still loves you, and you have all this chance to make some money. You've got a kid on the way. You now what do you do? But, oh, wait, your wife's in a coma. And he he's <laughs> fixed he by Adrian until, until she's like... Hey, motherfucker, go train, because she probably had... What are we doing here? Let's life, go! <laughs> she probably woke up and immediately was like, man, we're going to have some medical bills. I need to get back in the ring. <laughs> you can't even um, afford
0: your Trans Am payment, so you need to get to work.
1: <laughs> I I think that's probably my favorite Rocky people.
0: That's another good one. Um, well, man, hey, I am super excited that you are here today. Uh, maybe we can turn Live at 6 into just a... Um, a movie conversation that'd be a lot of fun do it on the Facebook do it on here every once in a while um a, a big shout out to Sam being here with the lighting the camera uh, hanging out late tonight it was a early morning hey, do you have another person in there with you yes th- so we have Miss Sam here uh, she uh, works at the same company that I do she just got accepted into her uh, master's program in North Texas but she went to school for you know filming and all that kind of stuff so she films for us uh Give her a couple dollars when I can, because you know I'm not the richest man in the world. But she uh, using this to build her portfolio, and she is awesome. And she does all the lighting, all the all the video, and uh, basically I give her my card that's in the uh, the rotocaster when we do this kind of stuff, and then she edits everything and makes the video for us. Like me and Keith are pretty much fucking useless. We just talk, and she does all the hard work. But she is here with me, cool. and she got to work at about nine fifteen. I got to work a little before seven today.
1: Well, wow. uh, judging by how the Facebook Live went yesterday um, for both of us, I'm glad that you have someone there helping you out.
0: Yeah, she, um, she, she, she knows her stuff. The only problem with Facebook Live is no matter how I do it, there's an issue. If I use my phone and I just Bluetooth, we don't talk over each other, but we both sound very staticky because the Bluetooth going through the Rotocaster and everything. When I get the cord, we sound a lot better, except we can't hear each other because we're talking over each other, even though live that didn't happen. So fuck me, I guess.
1: I don't know. Does Sam have a favorite movie sequel?
0: Sam, what is your favorite movie sequel?
1: Well that because the producers involved, man?
0: We had talked about getting her a microphone so we could bring her in and having an, a, a a film on her as well.
1: No, well, it's always a good move.
0: She is favorite sequel. Yes, it can be anything except for Rocky Five. She says she goes. It's not Rocky Five. <laughs> She's, um, I'll let you you be the judge. It just can't be a prequel, okay? She's struggling. She can't think of a sequel. She also mentioned Thor Ragnarok as her favorite sequel. Hey, he he mentioned that right, as well.
1: So definitely a big, definitely a big Chris Hemsworth fan then.
0: Oh, a star is born. So you're doing the remake. Yeah, that that's a great movie. I can watch that. It's a, it's another sad movie, but a great soundtrack too. Really? He's making it's he's
1: making noises.
0: Of oh yeah, I cry a lot in that one. That one's Saving Private <laughs> Ryan. And if you if you want if you want a good cry, watch Taking Chance. That'll make you cry. Holy fuck! Have you seen Taking Chance, JB? I
1: I don't know if I've even heard of that movie.
0: That was an HBO original. Uh, Kevin Bacon, and. Most war movies, you know, it's about the fight and the battle. This one starts as Kevin Bacon being the protagonist, but the person's already dead. So it's based on the escort of him taking him home to his final resting place. And holy shit, if I don't cry like 10 oh, times in that no. movie. Yeah, there's there's really nothing to be happy about. You're <laughs> just like, this fucking blows, dude. This is the horrible thing. But uh, Kevin Bacon kills it in that movie. And all the, all the small little characters he meets throughout his journey, it, it ties the whole movie together, especially at that time. Um, what America was feeling about the war and different things like that. It goes into a lot of different areas, but super great move. You've never seen that. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes long, taking chance. That's a that's a great one.
1: Yeah. It is going on the watch list.
0: So, yeah. Um, hey, man, thank you for being here. Uh, Sam, we're going to have to get you a microphone because JB just made a good point. It's super, it's super interesting. You, uh, it's like college game day with the guy that does the, the scores. Every once in a while, you've got you to pan over to the producer and see what she has to say. Um,
1: oh, the bear guy or whatever.
0: Bear. Yeah. It? Bear, bear in that one. She can be our bear. She, she knows her stuff. So, Hey man, thanks to you. Thanks to Sam. Thanks for slaying Irish whiskey for uh, presenting another episode on the bar top banter, uh, umbrella of content. If you are watching this, please subscribe, tell your friends, um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We have all kinds of content out there, but make sure you're subscribing, uh, to our YouTube. That's kind of what we want to focus on. We have over 680, uh, people following us on Facebook and we're very thankful but if you can please move on over to YouTube and get it there, we would appreciate that a lot. Um, again, JB, thank you so much, Sam. You're the greatest. Um, this is Bar Top Banter live at six. JB standing in for a uh, Keith that is absent and truant, and I will remember that. To play us out today, we're going <laughs> to think about the greatest TV theme song of all time. I couldn't wait for Sundays at noon to hear a little bit of NBA on NBC. Thank you all. Have a good rest of your afternoon. This is Bar Top Banter.